This is a Propensity to Talk Density, a podcast from the experts at Bell Geospace. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Propensity to Talk Density, a podcast from Bell Geospace. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the show. Today, we're talking about exploration challenges and opportunities in Malaysia. But before we jump into all of that, let me introduce you to our guest today. His name is Roy Kittrell. He is the regional geologist for Bell Geospace there in the Asia-Pacific area. Roy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Did you say this is called propensity for density? A propensity like, to talk that's density. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, think, I think I need to change all of my presentations now. We need to have that as the leading uh, title. That's that's excellent. I don't know who, who came up with that. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> big, big props to whoever came up with the with the name of the podcast. Yeah, uh, that's a great idea. Yeah, I, I love it as well. So, Roy, tell uh, give the audience a little bit of background on you. Just you know, um, your history in the industry, also how you ended up in Malaysia, maybe, and uh, maybe some of the things you enjoy doing there and that sort of thing. Yeah, so um, I've been in the oil and gas industry for about fifteen years now. Uh, wow, hard hard to believe that. Huh? Um, and I've worked on everything from centimeter scale ge- uh, geology, uh, doing you know core analysis as you know at a task frontera to uh field scale so i did a lot of uh, geological modeling and static modeling uh different companies uh and now i've of course work at bell and we work at the basin scale so i've, I've worked at geology at all scales of the uh, spectrum and uh, now i've been based in malaysia for the last gosh i guess it's been about five years now and uh, it's been really amazing uh, getting to go in and talk to all of the different operators and the different companies here and look at all of the different kinds of problems that we've been able to solve and help them work with. And uh, of course, living in Malaysia has been fantastic as well. It's a, a country rich in natural heritage. So I've been uh, indulging myself a lot in the uh, the nature that, that's, that's to be found here. So, you know, it has one of the highest biodiversities of any country in the world. So I've, I've taken on uh, nature photography. And so I do a lot of work uh, outside of my job doing that. That's one of my hobbies. Oh, I love that. That's That's awesome. Taking advantage of that opportunity for sure. Um, that is, that, that's, that's really incredible. So, um, before we dive too far into our topic today, we know that Bell Geospace has extensive data all over this region, right? So can you tell us about the 2021 and 2022 bid rounds and give us a little bit of a a background there? Yeah. You know, the 2022 bid round is really interesting to me because, um, as always, everyone's really excited to see what kind of blocks are on offer. And it kind of tells you a lot about what the country is, is hoping its operators are going to get into. And so the previous bid round, there was like, some very uh, selective blocks on offer. And, you know, there, uh, I think for the previous bid round, there wasn't anything uh, in Sarawak, for for instance. But for this bid round, it's really interesting. There's a lot on offer. Uh, you have blocks all over uh, the, the Malay Basin uh, over here in Peninsula, Malaysia. Um, there's now a lot of blocks on offer for Sarawak. And they're really getting operators to kind of look at some of these, these other blocks that may have gone unnoticed or unused uh, previously in the past. And then over in Saba, we have three different blocks on offer. So really, there's there's something for everyone here, and there's lots of different opportunities available. And uh, Bell Geospace is in the unique position to be able to offer data on a lot of these areas, uh, not only in the offshore, but in the onshore and in a huge regional uh, capacity. So when it comes to to diving into all of this data that is available, what's a good place for us to start? Where, where can you kind of begin to to consume all of this? Well, first of all, the, the a lot of the information is going to be available in the data room. So any operator looking at the different blocks on offer is going to have access to some of this data um, when they when they actually start going in and seeing which blocks are on offer. Um, but we actually have a new uh, package that we're going to be offering 
of course, ob obviously all of the data data is accessible to anyone who wants to t come and talk to us, and you know they can see any any uh, information they want, and you know we have everything on offer. But we actually have a new system where we're going to be offering different data packages at a reduced rate, and they are available for renting. So you can rent uh, the data for a full year, and uh, you only pay for the part that is over your block um, if you win it. So, for instance, if an operator was interested in PM428. They could have a look at that data package. Uh, they would get access to maybe 68,000 square kilometers worth of data, which is a, a huge coverage. Uh, but then they would only pay for it if they win the block, and then they would have uh, they would only have to pay for 13,000 square kilometers of it, for instance. So uh, we have a lot of really exciting uh, data packages available for for those interested. Interesting stuff. So tell me a little bit more about basement mapping and and where. That looks like and and maybe that's the, the the beginning point for a lot of people when it comes to uh to taking a look at some of this data right sure well the first thing i was i would i would say is honestly anything i i can't really describe you know this a lot of this data and just just talking about it you really have to see it for yourself so i really encourage anyone who's actually interested really just come and have a look at the at these images i challenge any geologist to see uh these ftg um maps without getting excited about it um, so FTG, as you as you understand, is full tensor gravity gradiometry, and it maps out uh, density contrast in the subsurface. So using that, we can generate some really amazing maps of the regional geology at a huge scale. And uh, basement mapping is one of the things that FTG is extremely good at. So um, seeing some of these regional basement maps is um, is really an impressive uh, use of FTG. And I really encourage anyone interested to come and have a look at these because the images are stunning. Excellent stuff. So follow-up question then. So is that where we find the hydrocarbons? This, you know, no data exists in isolation. And, um, you know, FTG is not directly pointing um, people towards hydrocarbon reserves. Uh, but it's going to give you a lot of ideas about what the regional geology is doing, what your structure maps are, are, are doing. Um, a lot of the FTG, we believe we have some case studies to show as well, uh, where it correlates to a lot of the known hydrocarbon accumulations. So looking at a lot of different areas, you can use all of the different components of FTG to identify the structures that you're interested in and solve the different problems for each area. You know, you can't give a cure-all silver bullet for, you know, the entire the entire world. Otherwise, uh, we wouldn't even need to have podcasts or any of these other, uh, you know, collaborations. You know, people would just be buying it and they would know where to drill. But solving the unique individual problems is part of what makes my job so interesting out here and trying to find out how to how to apply this technology is what uh, makes this so interesting. So one of the big distinctions to be made is between qualitative and quantitative interpretations of the data, right? Can you break that down for us? Tell us a little bit more about that and how a client can know which approach is right for them between qualitative and quantitative. So, you know, I think um, looking at quality, yeah, looking at these different approaches, you know, it, again, it's going to depend on this, the specific scenario. But um, the first thing, you know, the first approach is always going to be qualitative. So you can take uh, the FTG maps and then maybe perhaps overlay your pre-existing structural uh, ge geological interpretations. Maybe some of the pre-existing, you know, information you have from seismic data or uh, wells. And you can start to correlate and see where uh, the, the, the density contrasts are correlating with what you think is already going on. And then in a quantitative, quantitative way, we can do inversion. So we have a, we work with a partner who do um, kind of the more like uh, quantitative approach and they, they can do constrained and unconstrained inversion. So they can take 
the data and invert it to produce stuff like uh, structure maps or, or depth to basement. And they can even do uh, unconstrained and constrained. So we can either do it straight from the data. So it's just pure data analysis or constrained. So we can take a lot of the pre-existing data such as like well or you know seismic information. We can kind of try and plug that information in and then invert it. And then that gives us a really good idea about where we are in terms of how well we understand the basin and how much our data is telling us compared to the other data sets that are available. So, you know, it really depends on the each each individual scenario. But, um, you know, I saw some really amazing results uh, inverting our data, both the FTG and the mag, uh, the aeromagnetic data, looking at the basement, depth to basement in the uh, Malaysian, uh, the Malay basin. So uh, some really fantastic results there. That's, that's really interesting stuff. And and I wonder, and, and I suppose this is the case, there, there must be economies of scale for using people with experience in the region, right? Is, is that the case that, that there's value there? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, your, you know, oil is found in the minds of uh, geologists, I believe is a phrase uh, that I've, I've heard often. Um, but absolutely, you know, no, I, I would say that no data set exists in isolation when it comes to geology. You know, we we're only ever seeing, you know, 10 to 15% of the picture at, at any at any time. So uh, it's always really important to understand uh, the regional the regional geology, the regional sense of the context of what you're looking at. And that's one of the benefits of FTG is that it covers such a huge area. And, you know, the map you can see on our website, um, we have extensive coverage over almost all of the, the oil and gas blocks uh, in the region. And understanding that huge context is really an important part of the FTG interpretation process. And, um, you know, being able to like kind of put your, you know, if you see a fault going through your block, you know, it's, it's a good thing that you, you've been able to see that. But seeing it in that regional context just gives you a whole new level of appreciation. Um, and the other benefit of FTG, of course, is that it allow you know, we have coverage both offshore and onshore, and we can cover that transition zone because we're acquiring it from an airplane. So... Uh, makes no functional operational difference to us whether we're offshore or onshore so we're able to take that the information you're seeing in your block and we're able to put it in this regional context that previously was very difficult when you only have you know this postage stamp sized uh, seismic block over uh, over your area so uh, getting that regional context allows your geologists to make uh, just that much that much more of an informed decision right right so in the end, surely the, the, the main objective of, of using all of this data is to find oil and gas, right? Uh, how does your data help kind of provide for that end? Well, first of all, you can use FTG and you can filter in the wavelengths to see all the different levels of the geology in your area. So it's not just giving you one image or one picture. It's actually giving you um, like a layered approach to, you know, the area that you're interested in. And um, secondly, it's allowing you to start making decisions about um, you know, what your basin's looking like. And then, so you can see the extents of like the full basin that, that you have, but you can also see the structures inside of that basin. So you can start to really pinpoint down. So, you know, here's your basin, here are the structures inside of it. And then a good geologist will be able to look at that and say, okay, you know, this is from the structural history that we know of this area where the hydrocarbon is accumulating. You know, we can, you can start to work out like a history of uh, where this, the hydrocarbon bearing sediments are are available and then start to make decisions about, um, you know, maybe where you want to get your, your seismic survey done. So now you don't need this huge regional 3D survey. You know, you can actually just pinpoint down, maybe just get a, the package over the areas that you're interested in to answer those specific questions. Um, you know, the, the other interesting thing about FTG is that it gives you density information. So, 
you know, one of the things that's difficult to get from seismic seismic data is actually inverting it for density is quite a complicated and difficult process. But with FTG, you can have your seismic and your and density information directly on top of each other. And one area that that, that comes in really and really handy is like the Luconia province. So in the Luconia province, you're really looking at these um, carbonate structures uh, at around one kilometer depth, which is, you know, high, high relief, you know, shallow, relatively shallow geological structures. That's that's an ideal case scenario for FTG. And what's really fascinating is you, you can take this seismic information, you can map out your carbonates, and then right on top of that, you can look at the FTG and get density information. So immediately you're getting like this really um, interesting cross cross breeding of, uh, of data sets and you're, uh, that allows operators to see which carbonates they're really interested in for this area, for instance. And, you know, one, one thing that they're going to be trying to look at is like which carbonates are more porous and which carbonates are not porous. And um, the FTG gives you that, that, that insight. In fact, there, you know, there's a whole case study on Luconia that anyone interested should absolutely get in touch with us and I can go over it with you. Um, but, you know, even more interesting than that is those carbonates, although there are hydrocarbon, you know, bearing, um, there's actually a lot of geology that's going on underneath them that the seismic has not been able to detect because, um, you know, the, the energy is absorbed largely by these carbonates. But FTG is unhindered by, you know, the, these kind of uh, restrictions. So we're able to uh, image a lot of the basement structures that's um, happening in the area. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of really interesting imagery that's coming out of this area that really is invisible in the seismic. So a lot of these regional uh, structural patterns are very visible in the FTG. And so we, we have a ton of information in this area that's going to really help people looking at the uh, bid round blocks, certainly in the Sarawak area and uh, definitely down in the south. Uh, we have SK328. Um, some really interesting stuff going on. I've also read a little bit uh, about the importance of boundary mapping as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and, and how key it is? Boundary mapping. Um, I, I would say maybe maybe, uh, yeah, I'm probably more used to calling it a lineament, uh, lineament analysis. So really possibly taking the data and looking at the uh, different density contrasts. Uh, you know, FTG is essentially just mapping out density contrasts in the subsurface. So that that really gives you a lot of information about where those geological boundaries are and, and different geological bodies that are in, in the subsurface. Um, mapping out where you have those density boundaries is where you're going to be getting a lot of your important information and uh, maybe even finding out where there aren't boundaries, you know, that's that's also going to be, uh, you know, important for the geological interpretations. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some of the other uses uh, of this data? Is it used in other ways as well? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're, we're constantly looking at a lot of different, you know, analysis, um, you know, ways of applying it. Um, you know, some of the uh, some of the uses we, we've had in the U.S. actually, uh, we have case studies on this for anyone interested, uh, is looking at shallow hazard analysis. So we are actually able to uh, drastically improve the success rate of wells in the states, um, looking at uh, shallow hazards. So, um, you know, for instance, where you they would drill down and there's maybe, um, you know, a kind of a like a cave system, uh, you know, there would be like drill losses and it would be very expensive for the operator to um, to drill there. But using FTG maps, we're able to locate where these shallow hazards are more likely to be to be located. And we were able to increase the success rate. Uh, quantitatively uh, for a lot of these drill uh, drill uses. So a really interesting pattern, uh, a really interesting use case for FTG. Um, you know, looking at um, uh, geothermal energy, you know, is a new application for FTG that we're now investigating. 
um, you know, looking at where you have these kind of um, high, you know, heat flow areas, um, you know, the, the uh, geology is going to be able to, uh, you know, tell you a lot about that and using FCG to locate that uh, is really useful uh, and uh, use, use for FTG. Good, good stuff. So Roy, before we wrap up this episode of the podcast today, I want to give you the opportunity to give us any final thoughts, anything that you want to, uh, to leave our audience with here today um, on, this, uh, on this topic and on this episode. So let me turn the floor over to you just for any final thoughts or anything we haven't touched on yet that you think is important to discuss. Yeah, I think um, you know, this, this bid round is really important for a lot of the operators in Malaysia who are kind of maybe waiting for those that, that opportunity to get into a block that they're really interested in. And, um, you know, there's, as I said before, there's something for everyone in this bid round. Uh, there's a lot of interesting ideas and, and, uh, and uh, data sets out there that are available. And we would love to talk to anyone who is interested in, in using FTG and seeing how we can apply our data to your uh, exploration ca use cases. Excellent, excellent stuff. Roy Kittrell, he's regional geologist at Bell Geospace. Roy, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast and sharing a little bit more um, about the challenges and opportunities presented by Malaysia. Okay, thank you so much for having me and uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Absolutely. We appreciate you joining us today as well. And listeners, we appreciate you listening along and joining us here for this episode of the podcast. For more, if you want to reach out, if you want to ask questions, you want to get in touch with people like Roy, head to bellgeo.com. Uh, there you can get more information, find out how you can reach out and, and get in touch with more people to get your questions answered and uh, and that sort of thing. So you want to go ahead, go ahead and go to bellgeo.com. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of the show. Stay tuned for more upcoming episodes from the podcast. But for this one, for my guest today, Roy Kittrell, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us.